With the new X series of scratch-offs from the New York Lottery, you can multiply your winnings up to 100 times. The X series from the New York Lottery. It's a better way to multiply. You must be 18 years or older to purchase. Please play responsibly. On this week's episode of Bill's Pod Squad, I'm joined by corner Dane Jackson to talk about his rookie season with the Bills, training with three-time defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald, being a new dad, his love for cooking, and his unique come up in football that led him to playing for one high school football team while attending another high school for school. All that and more as we get started on Bill's Pod Squad right now. Welcome into this week's episode of Bill's Pod Squad presented by the New York Lottery. Maddie Glab here is your host. I hope everyone is doing lovely as we inch closer to the NFL draft. Anything to get your mind off of this cold weather in Buffalo. If that's where you're tuning in from, there's snow on the ground today. I'm not excited about it either, but I'm so pumped to welcome this week's guest. He's heading into his second season as a Buffalo Bill. It's cornerback Dane Jackson. Dane, I feel like I need like an air horn, like mur, 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 to <laughs> welcome you into the podcast. But thank you so much for taking the time to be on. I love getting to talk to players, especially in the off season when it's a little bit more chill. And when, you know, you guys are a little bit more relaxed, your guard may be down a little bit more because it's not like you're preparing for this opponent on Sunday. So thanks so much for taking the time. I'm excited to get to talk to you a little bit more. No problem. Thanks for having me, Maddie. So I want to start off with a little bit of rapid fire questions for you because you're newer Buffalo Bill. I feel like a lot of people, especially with this season, right? A lot of people didn't get to see you up close and in person, whether it was training camp or going to Buffalo Bills games. Um, Mm -hmm. You're newer to this team and I don't know a lot about you either based on research. I feel like I know a little bit more, but I'm excited to to get to know you a little bit more too. So let's start off with, you know, it's the off season. Uh, You guys are, are able to relax, able to do things that you haven't been doing during the NFL season. So what's your favorite way to relax in the off season? What have you been up to? What do you do for fun right now? Uh, Honestly, the mo- the thing I do the most for fun right now is just hang out with my baby boy and my girlfriend, and my family. You know, we just we just chill, spend our time together, and you know he he gives us a, gives gives us a run for our money. You know he's so active now, so it's just like you know just playing around and seeing him active is that's been the best thing for me since the off season started. You know I've been doing you know other stuff like I've took a few vacations and stuff too as well, but you know I think that's been the highlight of my off season so far for sure. Yeah. Time with family is always important. It's something that I really cherish too. Uh, I'm from Chicago. So I was able to go home after the the season. I mean, we both lived such different lives during the season uh, with all the COVID protocols in place, the daily testing. It's not like you or I could go home quick on Christmas or invite a bunch of family up and and celebrate holidays together um, or just see our family. So I totally get that. And to see your son growing up, I know before we started recording, you said he's eight months old, Dane Jr. So is Dane Jr. walking yet or is he kind of just crawling, getting into everything right now? Yeah, he, he's not walking yet. He just at first he was starting his little military crawl. Now he's all <laughs> up all fours now. So it's been exciting. He's actually pulling himself up now on like the couch and stuff, too. So I think he's about ready to walk, but uh, it's taking time. Soon enough, just just know when they start walking, you, you, your eyes have to be like on your head has to be on a swivel because you never yeah. know, especially uh, if 
if you're an NFL player, this kid is bound to have some athleticism in <laughs> him. So <laughs> right, he'll, yeah. he'll be ready to start catching some football soon enough. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Next question. How would you describe your personality? Uh, I would say I'm pretty calm, laid back. You know, I, I just like to chill, you know, catch a good vibe, you know, never trying to do, you know, too much. But uh, I would say that's kind of like my, my off the field personality but like on the field I'm more energetic you know it's like two different personalities if you would say you know I just it's like a playground out there just having fun you know celebrating with your teammates and stuff like that how does your personality fit into the corner room I mean we know that Trey probably dominates that room based on his personality (laughs) but how do you fit in with some of the other guys and and maybe just being in a room with someone as vivacious and lively as Trey White is I mean, you could definitely feed off his energy like every day. Like even if you're not having the best day, like you you'll come in the building and you'll hear T. White down the hall or down the field or whatever. And then it just just puts it in perspective, like, you know, just bring your energy up. But, you know, as as far as the other guys, like we're all like a a tight knit group. You know, we're pretty chill. You know, everybody just, you know, like the there's not too many, you know, rah rah guys. We, you know, just just like to bond together, you know, and when, when we're all doing that, it's pretty fun. I love that. Did you, did you feel that uh, when you played college football as well, or, or is this a different experience playing for a team like the Buffalo Bills, where it is a different type of family atmosphere? Uh, I feel like uh, in the DB room, like a week, it was pretty similar at Pitt because we were all, you know, experienced group, you know, for the most part. And the guys we were bringing in were, guys that can gravitate towards us, you know, the older guys. So I feel like it's just reverse now that I'm with the Bills. I'm the younger guy and the older guys, you know, they're all a pretty tight knit group and, you know, just chill. And like me coming in is it wasn't like that hard of a transition for the room. That's really cool. I, I can't imagine. I mean, I've played on sports teams too, but nothing collegiately or professionally. I can't imagine going from college football into an NFL team with, with some high caliber talent in your room and, you know, day one, day two, just trying to figure things out, not trying to like rock the boat too much or, or be yeah. like, Hey, I'm Dane Jackson and I'm right. here. You right, know, you're right. trying to get a feel for the room, trying to see where you can insert yourself. And so yeah. I bet it at, at first it's nerve wracking, but it's really nice to know that, you know, that group is like a family because that's what we get the sense of just covering you guys. And, and, and what the fans get a sense of is, is that, you know, you guys are really close and tight knit. And we were even able to see that through this weird pandemic year which was awesome when it comes to food what is your favorite food well it was I can't even lie was shrimp but like I'm beginning away from it from for a while now so I have to go with salmon or trout okay I'm a pretty pretty big seafood guy but I have been getting away from it a little lately but salmon and trout definitely my go-to when did you start eating a lot of seafood I feel like seafood not that you're super young or anything, but sometimes when you're a young kid, it's like, ew, fish, I don't want to eat any of this shrimp, right. salmon. So were you someone who has always really liked seafood? Yeah, I, I feel like I always really liked seafood because of how much I was growing up, like how much my mom cooked. Like she never tried to make the same thing, but those that's always been like seafood has always been like one of my favorites. 
So what you're saying is we all need to go to Miss Jackson's house and uh, have some of her food that she cooked. If she didn't cook the same, that sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been pretty spoiled with it. I'll, I'll admit that. <laughs> so this question is a little bit off the wall, but if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Superpower? You know, I will probably say teleport. I Why probably, would you want to teleport? I would probably say teleporting because... I'm starting to drive so much that it's like, I, I don't even feel like driving no more. So <laughs> at the snap of a finger, I just want to be where I'm at. And then when I'm ready, just be right back at home. <laughs> I, I totally feel that sometimes I live like 30 minutes away from the stadium. And so mm-hmm. some days driving into the stadium, I'm like, Oh, I just wish I could like snap my finger and be here and right. not have to do the 30 minute drive in. But 30 minutes isn't a lot compared to, I guess, LA traffic and, and NYC traffic that people sit in every day. Oh, so yeah, yeah. We have it kind of good in Buffalo, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. We've got two more left. What is your favorite artist? What do you listen to? What do you turn on when you're when you're listening to music? Um, my favorite artist, that's that's a hard one, but since he just dropped the album, I'll say Rod Wave right now. Okay. Just because, you know, I can relate to his music a lot. You know, he a lot of people don't like him because he does a lot of sad music. I can't mm-hmm. really relate to the most of the sad part, but, you know, just the background, just the culture that he grew up in, you know, I can relate to that. I want to say that Taryn Johnson also really likes Rod Wave. You may know yeah. better than me, but when we had him on, I did a, an interview with him. I think he said the same thing that he really likes Rod Wave. And he was like, I'm not into all that sad music, but you know, yeah. I just like the vibes. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's just, it's just a cool vibe. And if you could relate, it makes it even better. Yeah, I get that. All right. Last one. What's one thing that most people don't know about you? One thing that people don't know about me is that I can cook Ooh, <laughs> yeah all right, I mean, what's your specialty I, I'm not the best cook but the other night I just made some Brussels sprouts a baked potato you know I put it in the microwave first and then I put it in the oven with the cheese and the, and the butter and I made some lamb chops for the first time and whoa I, and I and I'm, I've been I've had some pretty good lamb chops at restaurants so I didn't know how I was gonna do but I think I did a, did a pretty good job Lamb chops is like <laughs> next level. Like I'm like chicken, yeah. steak, salmon. Okay, I can do that. But I would never yeah. go to the grocery store and be like, lamb chops. I'm going to yeah. tackle that tonight. I would have to do a lot of reading before right. I did that. Right. I, I just tried it. Honestly, that was my first time making them. But I'm you know, eating the same meats here and there. So try to switch it up. That's awesome. There's There's some good cooks on the Buffalo Bills. John Feliciano is one of those guys. You know, when life is back to normal, you guys need to have, and I'm sure you will, a big backyard barbecue or something where everybody (laughs) can show off their talents because I feel like that would be just really one great meal. But Mm -hmm. thanks for answering those off the wall rapid fire questions. Great way Uh, to get into the conversation. You posted some videos or there were some videos out there on the internet of you training with a really amazing football player in the NFL, Aaron Donald, who also went to Pitt. How did you train with him? When did this start? I mean, I saw you guys flipping tires, which those tires don't look easy to flip. And Aaron Donald was flipping them easily, but you were flipping them as easily as he was. So how did this all happen and come together? Well, uh, our trainer, um, Dwayne Brown, he's, uh, he had this, um, he has his business two tents that he's been having for a long time. And 
when I was younger, you know, I've went with him here and there, but Aaron Donald, he's been like consistent since uh, uh, D Brown probably started. So, you know, just, just that connection from back then, we have like this training with the same guy and then us both going to pit and us both being training that pit. And we're both here, you know, in all season, he's always here. I've been seeing him since I was here. I pit, he would come back and train I pit and work out and be in the locker room right with us, you know, like he wasn't even in the NFL and he treated us like that. So, you know, this build those relationships over the year. And then actually now that I'm in the NFL and we have like some, like the same type of schedule, we're able to work out together. I always think that's super interesting, you know, how guys pick their off-season trainers, uh, whether it's based on a relationship or a prior existing relationship or based on other players who are older than them, um, who they, you know, let them know, hey, I train with this guy. He's really good. I worked at Stanford for a year and all the Stanford players really loved their strength coach and all the NFL guys would come back to Stanford, not all of them, but a good amount of them would come back in the off season. And you'd see Andrew Luck walking around Stanford in the off season. And I was fresh out of college, like, Oh my gosh, Andrew Luck is back here to train for the next NFL season. So how did you pick your trainer? Was it something similar like that? You were at Pitt and during the off season, which was during your spring ball, guys would come back and start training with, with guys around Pitt? Oh, yeah. So, like, before the, the past staff that was at Pitt, like, I was there in 2015, and they were – that's that was their first year as well. So, like, the older guys, when I was a freshman, they would always come back. You know, we, they would be in there working out with us, like, doing our workouts because it was, like, you know, like a college workout. I feel like there's – like, if you're in the right program, there's nothing really like a college workout. So, coming back, they would always come back and participate and do the same workouts with us. But me, like – being in the NFL now, I really don't like I have family in Pittsburgh and like I like personally, like if I if I have a plan and something in stone, like I can get it done, you know, with what by my not by myself, like obviously trainers and stuff, but the the small stuff like I can handle on my own. So just finding like the right guys to be around, like Aaron Donald, you know, seeing him come back and then seeing how well it worked for him, like being home and not really going to all these different facilities, training and stuff like that. And uh, it, it just kind of gave me perspective that I can do the same. Yeah, that's really cool. Has, has he given you any advice or anything like that? Have you guys had any any conversations that, you know, resonate with you that you'll take with you into this season? I mean, honestly, just being around him, like, you don't really have to – he doesn't really <laughs> say much. You know, he, the way he works and the way he carries himself, just seeing it, like, if – He's a what three, four time defensive player of the year. Like if, if that if him just being around him doesn't motivate you, then I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. So he doesn't really have to say much. You know, he's a he's a quiet, humble guy, too, as well. So we talk here and there. But when we're together, it's mostly all work. Yeah, you're like, this is a work of art. This is what I need to be. This is what I need to follow. I'll just watch you and do whatever you do, even if you don't <laughs> yeah. play my, my position. Yeah. <laughs> so since we're in the off season, I know you said you like to spend time with your girlfriend and your son, Dane Jr. What has it been like to be a dad and, and to have a kid, you said, during during training camp and, and you got to go and, and watch him be born and come back to training camp, which is so awesome that our coach staff understands that stuff and puts family first in a lot of different ways but what have you learned in in your child's you know first eight months of life 
Well, it's it's a continued growth, you know, like me, like uh, Derek was just talking about, you know, it's just always something like that he's learning new or I just feel like we're growing together, honestly. Like I'm learning something new about him every day and he's learning something new about me. Like at first it was, I would have him and he would always want his mom. Now is his mom would have him and he will always want me. So now that makes me feel a little better. And I think he said that the other day. So that, that, you know, that makes me feel a little better inside too. But, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just a continued growth, you know, happy moments, you know, long nights. But, you know, for the most part, I'm, I'm super blessed to have him as my son. Is there something that you think you've learned since being a dad that you didn't realize before he was in your life? Um, I'll, oh yeah. Like I, like I've always said, like, like, I don't know how my dad, you know, my dad, he has a lot of kids, but you know, I, I, I'm like, Hey man, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Like, but like just being a dad now and it's like adjusting, I don't have as many kids as him, but <laughs> I only have one, but you know, just being a dad, just adjusting to those, you know, the lifestyle of it, you know, less time you get to yourself and more time you need for him you know, just all those type of things. Like, it's, it's not easy in no way, but, you know, if you cherish those moments, I think it, it, it's great. And to be fresh in the NFL, heading into your second season with, you know, a new child, I think I commend you. I mean, there there's some time management skills that go into, you know, I'm going to commit this much time to football. And then when I come home, I'm going to commit this much time to my son, Dane Jr. So props to you. And I'm sure you're taking things that you learn at home into your time management skills with the Buffalo Bills, because it's not easy what any of you do. Um, Oops, did we lose you? (laughs) There you are. (laughs) You're good. I was going to say, it's not easy what any of you do in the NFL. A lot of work is required. Uh, A lot of time is required, Um, especially during this year. It it was a weird year to be a rookie in the NFL uh, going through a season during a pandemic, but it, it didn't look like you let that take advantage or take hold of you in, in any type of way, because when you did get time on the field in the five games that you played in, you had an interceptions, you had pot five passes, defense to fumble recovery. Like you made a splash when you were on the field and, and you look at being a seventh round pick. And I know a lot of players do get overlooked and being a seventh round pick shouldn't be your label by any means, but Bill's mafia and, and I, and people who cover the team were like, wow, this kid's good. He's got a future ahead of him. And I think we even saw that also in training camp, just watching you go up against the amazing wide receivers that we have on this team. So how do you think your rookie season went? Um, What did you learn in that first season? Honestly, like I I wouldn't change anything about my rookie season. Like coming in, obviously you want to play right away and you want to be out there contributing. But the way it happened, it was just like, I felt like it was meant to be, you know, just me coming in every day with the same mindset, head down, grinding, you know, not not really worried about only thing I only things I can control and then learning from the other guys, you know, like I'm I may have thought I was ready, you know, back when I first came in, but those guys, the way they the, the way they play at a high level, watching those guys in our room, eating the, the whole team really, but watching those specific guys in our room and the way they carry themselves off the field and play at a high level on the field. It's like, like you, you want to, you want to mold yourself to be like, you know, the collective group that we had, you know, so 
I, I honestly wouldn't trade tr change a thing about my rookie season. I think, you know, everything that how it played out, I think it happened the right way. And that's awesome to have that type of thought process on your rookie season. Um, even if you weren't a starter, which it's hard to be a starter in your first year in the NFL, regardless, especially if you're walking onto a team that is set to have a really great season and has Tredavious White, an all pro corner. And, <laughs> you know, you have this past year, you had Josh Norman, you had Levi Wallace, you had Taryn Johnson, you had Saran Neal. I know Cam Lewis got injured, but those are some, some great talents to, to play with. So what do you, what do you would learn from a guy like Tredavious White in your first season with him and getting to play alongside with him? Because I would imagine you can, get so much from a guy like him because even people like Stefan Diggs are like, I learned something from Tredavious white all the time, even though we right. play on opposite sides of the ball. Right. Right. Oh, you like, like you said, you could learn so much from him. And it's crazy. Cause when I first, when I wasn't with the bills yet, I got drafted, but I didn't be around the guys. It's like, I, I didn't know he was going to be like how he, how he is. You know, I thought he wasn't really going to mess with the young guys and stuff like that. But he's an open book. Like he's willing to teach you. He's willing to, you know, he, he even wants to learn from you sometimes, you know, but just being around him and just seeing the techniques he does, like he takes every rep serious, you know, it's, it's never like, uh, I'm going to just chill on this rep. And he's so passionate about what he does on the field. Like if, if someone catches a ball on him, he's, you know, he's livid, you know, he wants to get go again. He wants that rep back. So this seeing the way he carries himself, it's like, you know, that, it's possible, you know. And Trey was a, a late first round pick, but when you look at the group of corners as a whole with what is in the cornerback room, at least this season, I mean, you're playing alongside corners who are selected in the fourth round or later besides Trey. So it's not like you're, you have a room that's full of dudes who are drafted in the first and second round. So what's it also like to play alongside a player like Levi Wallace, who always gets recognized for the hard work he puts in knowing his story, how he was an undrafted rookie free agent, walked on to Alabama, earned a scholarship. I mean, you talk about hard work and mm -hmm. Levi does that all the time and has earned a starting job multiple seasons with the mm -hmm. Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great experience learning from a guy like Levi. Like when I, I first got drafted, he was one of the first guys to reach out to me. And like, I, from that moment, I knew what type of guy he was, you know, he, he wants to, uh, you know, take the young guys in. You know, he wants to help them out as any way he can on the field, off the field. Uh, he wants to lead by example. You know, when when he's out there, he he doesn't want to put anything bad out there. So maybe one of the young guys say, "Oh, that's cool to do," or something like that. You know, he's he's the you know definition of hard work to me. You know, I've seen him do a lot. You know, throughout the season, I seen him put the time in, and I seen him put the work in, and. That's why, you know, if people don't know out there, that's why he's been rewarded with that starting job. Did you have a uh, moment where it was like, okay, I'm now in the NFL. Some people have that wake, wake up moment where they get hit hard or they get beat on a pass or they're going up against someone in practice and you're like, whoa, this is a different type of league. Did you have a moment like that? Uh, I wouldn't say like a different type of league, but I did have a moment where I was like, man, this is the NFL where I got my first start against the Jets and I ran out, you know, in, in college, I had a routine where I 
go out, do a lap, and, you know, I do my stretching routine and stuff. And I didn't know, like, because I've never played an NFL game, so I didn't know if I should keep the same routine or not. So when I'm running out of the tunnel, I'm like, well, I'm just going to take a lap. So I took a lap, and I'm just looking at the stadium like, man, this is crazy. Like, I'm, like, I'm really here. There's no fans in there, but just, like, the stadium's so big. You could, you could still feel, in my opinion, the NFL atmosphere. So that was one of my best moments, you know, of the 2020 season. And hopefully this year the stadiums can be full of Buffalo Bills fans because it is like next level experience. I worked for the University of Tennessee for four years before coming to the Bills and they fit over 100,000 people in their stadium (laughs) and coming to Buffalo where there's not 100,000 people in the stadium. I mean, you still get that same experience because the people are screaming their heads off which is amazing like I had goosebumps on my first home game knowing how loud it was and just seeing the passion of the fans I mean it 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 makes you probably want to play even harder having people like that behind you supporting you so I cannot wait till that happens next season just knowing with knowing the season that you guys had and knowing that you made it to the AFC championship game like it's going to be on another level for this year and and I can't wait but when you look at your story and how you got into the NFL and and your high school football story really you know bouncing around to different high school football teams and and attending classes at one high school and playing football at another high school I mean that was not easy for you at the age that you were at, you know, being a teenager and, and having to do these things that, that there's a big responsibility in doing that. And I'm sure a lot of growing up happened over those couple of years. I looked at your Instagram and under your name, you have the phrase, never forget where you came from. What does that mean to you? And, and how do you live that out every single day? Uh, that means that means so much to me. Like it, it's actually in my Twitter bio and my Instagram bio because, like, I'm originally from the inner city of Pittsburgh. You know, a, a small community called Greenway, and it's like literally one street, and it's a it's a hill. It goes up and down. But like a lot of people don't know that I'm from there because when I was a freshman in high school, I moved to Coriopolis. Uh, just to get out of the city. My mom didn't want me in the city no more. And, you know, she thought it would be a better opportunity for me, which it ended up being a great opportunity for me because I feel like if I wouldn't have made that move, I wouldn't be here today, honestly. But, you know, I'm, I'm originally from the inner city of Pittsburgh in a small community called Greenway. And, and I, that really molded me to who I am today. So I can never forget, you know, what made me the man I am today. And then, like you said, bouncing around from high school to high school. Uh, when I mo- when I moved out to Coriopolis, uh, I was at Cornell. And after my freshman year, we didn't have a team anymore. So we had to go play for Quaker Valley and just adapting to those different cultures because the inner city of Pittsburgh, I promise you, is 10 times different than Coriopolis. So just bouncing around from those different environments made me mature and made me the man I am today. That is such a crazy story. I mean, going from inner city to then going to playing for a 
or going into the suburbs and, and meeting people who live in the suburbs. I mean, a lot of the times it is two different stories. You're, you're playing with, or two different worlds. You're playing with people who don't look like you. You're playing with people who don't have the same background, don't have the same experiences as you. So that makes it harder for you to build those relationships or feel accepted. Um, so there's a lot of work that it probably took outside of just playing your position in high school football to, to get to a point where you felt comfortable. I mean, how, yeah. how did you experience some of that? Is that correct? And the fact that it was kind of like a culture shock uh, to be playing for a different school in a completely different area than where you were raised? It was, uh, you, you explained it to a T like that culture shock. That's, that's to a T like, I like, I'm not saying every place is bad or every place is good, but you know, I, I had to, uh, I had to adapt to a lot growing up in Greenway. Whereas when I got to Coriopolis, it just seemed like it was like, just chill, you know, relax. I don't got to worry about nothing. You know, I don't got to worry about hearing this, hearing that. And that just put like two different perspectives in my, in my, in my life, you know? So just having the best of both worlds, I feel like is a good thing for me because I know what it's like to be at the bottom. Not like, not saying Coriopolis is the top, but it's a different view from the city from where I'm originally from. So like, that, that just made me, you know, adapt. And like you said, just seeing, seeing different people, seeing different, the way they, the, the way they live and the way the people where I'm from live, it's like, sometimes it could be two different things. So like this adjusting to both of those, like, like I said, I can't, I can't emphasize it enough. Like it molded, it really molded me to who I am. Do you appreciate that type of diversity that you've been able to live in your life though, knowing that, that you were, you were raised in, in a, city that was a different type of way and then in your experiences and then got to go somewhere else that you described as way more chill and lax and you you don't have to worry about everything do you think that's made you a more whole of a person because you have gotten to see different facets of life like someone like me I grew up in a suburb outside of Chicago I uh, went to public schools with a lot of white people um, mm. I've lived in a bubble a lot of my life um, mm. but I'm now taking the time to try and learn about different backgrounds so I can appreciate where people have came from and I can appreciate and understand the struggles that people went through so they, they've had to work so much harder to, to get right. into where they are in life versus right. me, someone who's been handed a lot of things in my life. Right. Well, I, yeah, I think, you know, just, just like I said, like a lot, a lot, we don't, we don't get handed things, you know, where, where I'm from or in Greenway like that. And then when I moved out to Coriopolis, like I felt like a lot of people were privileged and, you know, this, like, I, there's nothing against those guys because that's, that's how they were right. raised. No, yeah. like, like, they just don't know. So I've never, I never looked at you like, oh, like you think you're better than me or anything like that. I just, you know, kind of took like how they viewed stuff and took how I like originally known for viewing things and just like combined them, you know, and, and that just like, like I said, like a lot of people from where in Coriopolis, they don't know that I'm from like Greenway and like it, but I had it rough because I don't need to show it, you know, because when I got out there, I seen two different worlds. So it was like, now it's like, you can put it, put them both together. Like, I'm not saying I need to be how I used to, or not how, not how I used to, because I'm not saying I was away, but how I grew up, I'm not saying I need to be how that, but 
there's like my roots, they're, they're, they'll always be there. Now, yeah. like when I went to Coriopolis, it was like a new life and a new perspective on things. So now I could take both and now I can apply both whenever I need it. Yeah, which I think is so like important. And I think it's important for people who have grown up with privileges like me to also get into areas where I'm not comfortable and areas where people don't grow up with privileges to to have a better idea of how the world works and and how people have to work a lot harder for things than maybe I do. And so I I think it's cool that you've been able to live in, in two different worlds and then grab experiences from both places to make you who you are today. Um, And I think being able to see the entire world in a lot of different ways helps shapes people's views, opinions. um, And then in turn, you know, you're able to share that with your son. You're able to share that with your girlfriend. You're able to share that with other people. So you don't have just, you know, a one-sided view of things. You've been able to see things in a lot of different ways. So I, I just think that's super cool. And I think that the way that you came up from what you've explained, like, and, and how you've made it into the NFL being a seventh round pick and, and getting on the field and playing in those five games, like, I love hearing those stories because I want to cheer for those type of people who, who have not been handed everything and have had to work so hard to get where they're currently at. And, and that's you. And a lot of the Instagram posts that, that I see um, from you and from players who maybe went undrafted or from players who grew up in, in tougher parts of, of the country, um, a lot of captions on Instagram are like, I made it out of the mud. Like, right, right. I I'm, I'm came from the bottom but now I'm working my way up. And I just, I love that attitude. And I think it's so cool. Do you think because you have that attitude and because you do know a, a tougher life than someone like me knows that, that you're, you work for it even harder because you know where you came from. Right. Yep. And I, I think that, that, that was the most important to me. Like just knowing where I came from and knowing where I wanted to be. I think that's a lot of guys downfall where they don't know where they want to be and they don't stay focused on that straight line and they, there's too many distractions like where we come from so they don't get to go where they want if they let those distractions get the best of them and I feel like that's something that I didn't do because of my support system for one I had a great support system and they they didn't let me you know get veer off that road so you know I, I feel like it, it's definitely very very beneficial do you hope to be a role model for for people who are from the area that you grew up in Oh yeah, yeah, I do most definitely. Uh, I'm like, like I'm, I'm not where I'm, I'm not totally where I want to be. So I can't really, you know, do what I want to do for my community and stuff like that. But I promise those times will definitely come. Yeah, and your community is gonna be so happy when you do yeah. do that. <laughs> that that you are able to make an impact and make a difference mm-hmm. um, because it has a lasting effect. And and young boys who who know your name and who know where you came from and see wow, this guy's on the Buffalo Bills and, and he made it, I think um, it's so encouraging for, for younger kids who think I, I can't do this. I can't do that to see people like you who, yes, you can do that. You, you did yep. make it through that. So, um, but looking at your, your draft story, I think that's also so really cool being drafted in the seventh round. Um, I feel like some teams, depending on where you're walking into, right? You're walking into the Buffalo Bills, you're walking into the Kansas City Chiefs. You've got rosters that are are pretty full and mm-hmm. and close to being set, and not too many holes that you have to fill. Hopefully, um, because mm-hmm. you're working to make it to the next level, you're working to make it to the Super Bowl. Um, 
so being drafted in seventh round, I'm sure you had thoughts of how can I make this roster? How can I make an impact? How can I make sure that I don't fall through the cracks on this already really good team? Um, so what do you remember being drafted in the seventh round? What do you remember from, from that day, from that experience? Um, and I know another team possibly was going to scoop you up instead of the Buffalo Bills. So share that story too. Oh yeah. Well, you know, this, uh, this like draft day, it's like, long you know anxious you know you're hearing all these different things from different teams so you're like you know when and am on I day three you have to wait for so long yeah, yep, like yep, it's not yep. like you're coming <laughs> off the clock like right. first round all this coverage right. <laughs> you know you're getting calls like okay you might you might be going yep. here it's like yep. all right we've been doing this for a while now I'm yeah, still right <laughs> right right <laughs> like you said you have, you, you have to wait so long and it gets to a point where you're like ah uh, like I just want to know where I'm going to be at, you know, like I forget just being drafted. I just want to know where, what team I can come in and try to contribute the most, but uh, it got late. It got real late. And, uh, you know, my, me and my agent were calling each other back and forth and he called me and said a team was interested in, in signing you. And, um, you know, I'm like, okay, well, we'll just see how the rest of it plays out, you know, and then it got, it got closer. It got later, it got later. And then, um, he called me and was like, well, this team was interested in signing you, but another team was offering more. So if you're okay, like we, we probably going to take that deal or whatever. And then like, as we're saying that my name is going across the board, across the screen, like my family's all in there and everything. And then my, I forget it was my mom or my aunt's like, well, dang, your name's right there. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, like my, my heart dropped and everything. Like it was crazy. Like I, that's one moment that I'll never forget for sure. That is incredible. The fact that one yeah. of your family members was like, Hey, that's you. You yeah. just got drafted. Get <laughs> yeah. off the phone with your agent right. or with whatever team, like right. you've been drafted by another right. team. Yep. Yep. But also being that seventh round pick, I mean, Brandon Bean and other teams, at least I know with our team, Brandon Bean is making selections in the sixth and seventh round that he believes have a chance to make this roster. He's not yeah. just drafting random dudes that are like, oh, might as well get this player. It's right. like, no, you were drafted to this team for a reason. And to know mm -hmm. that you have an opportunity to start on this team this year or make a difference on this team or, or be a role player, mm -hmm. how cool is that to know that, that it doesn't matter where your name is called, you're still going to get a fair shot? Oh yeah, it's it's super it's super cool. Like I, I like I'm not sure, and that's why I give a lot of credit and I respect you know uh, Brandon Bean and and Coach McDermott and all those guys so much because I'm not sure if it's like that every other place. You know where this, the later round guys or the undrafted guys get the same equal opportunity as the you know the early round guys. So you know I give I give them a, I have a lot of respect for them in that aspect, and you know I I just it's just a good feeling for me because. You know, come like I said, you hear so many different things from coaches and stuff. So you'll think you're going earlier than you are, and then you don't. And it's like a wake up call. And then when you get there, it's like, okay, it didn't really matter. You know, it didn't really matter. It's it's about what you do once you get there. So that was like a good feeling for me because all my life, you know, I've had to work from the bottom. So me working from the bottom, it wasn't nothing new. You know, it was like, okay, let's do it again. You know, let's do it again, and let's see where it goes this time. So. Like you say, I've, I was able to contribute to on the field and you know, I'm looking forward to next season for sure. 
I think a lot of people are looking forward to seeing you as well. Um, mm -hmm. If you look at a lot of the mock drafts, which we track a lot of the mock drafts here, um, as we're getting closer to April 29th on Thursday, when this whole thing kicks off, I mean, the bills have a late first round pick number 30 and, mm -hmm. and, all the analysts are saying cornerbacks pretty stacked this year. There's going to be a lot of good cornerbacks coming off mm -hmm. the board. And we've For been sure. mocked quite a few cornerbacks and sure. late round quarterbacks in the NFL have done pretty good late first round quarterbacks. I'm talking mm -hmm. about this Trey white number 27. Yeah, That's yeah, when he yeah. got picked and look at what yeah. he's been able to do. Right, um, right. But you see us getting mocked cornerbacks and mm -hmm. then you see our fans clap back sometimes and they're like, no, we've got Dane Jackson on the yeah, team. Yeah, He's fine. Yeah. We don't need a quarterback. Right, right. right, right. But what, what would, what's your thought process on if the Bills draft a cornerback wherever they do of, of having more competition in that room uh, every single year? Oh, well, I mean, that's something, that's something I don't have no control over. You know, like I said, I try to worry about what I can control and, you know, once we come in, it's all about how we compete on the field. You know, I love competition and congrats to the guy who whoever that they decide to choose. You know, I'm, I'm going to be the same man. You know, I'm not going to feel no type of way. You know, I know for a fact that we have to come in here and compete for the job. So, you know, it, it's just going to be it's all love for me. You know, I just I just want to go out here and compete and see who can win a job. And if it's me, then fine. If it's not, then I got to work harder. So that's just my mindset. Totally. And if there's one thing that Sean McDermott loves, it's he loves bringing in competition at every single position for training mm -hmm. camp. That's going to be the case every single year, no matter how stacked a position is, there's always yep. going to be some added competition, which I truly believe it ends up making you a better player because you had sure. to compete with with XYZ or this type of player, but is there something that you wish you knew going into the NFL draft that you didn't know? Uh, honestly, any advice to any guys who, who could, who are going to be in the NFL draft in, in the next couple of weeks here? Oh yeah. I, I, I would for advice for, I like, especially guys who may be thinking they're going in the later rounds, like just don't, just don't get your hopes too high. You know, just, just stay level-headed, you know, just stay calm. You know, like, like I said, you know, I, I, I didn't think I was going to go super high, but I didn't know I was going to go in the seventh round. And it was just like, okay like once it happened it was like okay like now the real the real work begins like after the draft so to in my opinion you know so I, I would say you know no matter where you go in the draft don't look at it as like oh man like I'm not going to get a chance or I'm not going to be able to do with you know people live up to my expectations or something nothing like that like take it for what it is and, and just put your head down and just keep grinding man it, it'll I promise it'll all pay off the real work starts after the draft. That made me think of when we drafted Gabriel Davis, who he went lower than he thought he would go. I mean, the wide receiver mm -hmm. class last year was stacked. It's stacked yep. again this year and he yep. gets drafted by the bills. And I think there was videos that he put on Twitter or went out on Twitter, like 30 minutes after he got drafted where he was outside running routes. And I'm like, yep. yeah, yeah, that guy should be a Buffalo bill. And yeah, I think right, that's right. what a lot of people think about so many people on mm -hmm. this team, including yourself, because of yep. the the work ethic that you guys have once you come in this building uh it's not like you have to be taught how to work hard you already have it ingrained in your dna and and that's right. the type of players who who walk through this door yep for sure absolutely
Dane, I just want to thank you so much for this conversation. It was so good to get to know you. Um, you. I cannot wait for this season. What are some of the excitements that, that you have for this 2021 season, knowing where the roster is at and knowing what you guys did uh, last season? Uh, I just want to, you know, just, just pick out where we left off, you know, just, you know, just keep, keep that energy flowing, keep that momentum flowing and bring us all together like we did last year. And, and let's have one heck of a season again. I love it. And I can't wait for you and the rookies to have like a normal year. So you understand yeah. <laughs> what it's like. I mean, you guys couldn't do so many things that you could do in a normal year. I remember interviewing John Feliciano and Daryl Williams for this podcast mm. a couple of weeks ago. And Daryl was like, yeah, maybe we can finally hang out outside of like when we're at the facility together right. and, and get to know each other even more right. like yeah. outside of the facility. So I, I can't wait for that because I think it's just going to be so cool. And like I said before, in a normal year, there were kids always running through the, yeah. the building at one bills drive. So I mm. can't wait to see Dane jr. And all the yeah. other kids, because it is like a true family at one yeah. bills drive minus sure. the pandemic. So, right. Yep. I can't wait either. I'm looking forward to it. 100%. Well, take the time to relax and chill because soon enough, we are going to be back in training camp uh, yep. and it'll be a grind to get to week one. Um, but I'm, I can't wait for it. I know you can't wait either, but thanks for taking a couple minutes, more than a couple minutes to answer some questions that I had for you. I think Bill's Mafia will love to listen to this and get to hear your story because I think it's a really inspiring one. And, and I love getting to interview players like yourself because I love mm -hmm. the inspiration that people like you bring to the world and bring to the game of football. Thank you, Maddie. I appreciate that a lot. Awesome, Dane. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone for tuning into this week's episode of Bill's Pod Squad brought to you by the New York Lottery. Keep tuning in every week as we release more episodes and get closer to the 2021 NFL Draft.